Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon and we hope it blesses and encourages you. good to be here wow and as I was coming in it got cold and you know something happened you go to South Florida and you're there and then you're there for a few years and you don't see cold weather like my wife if it's below 60 it's freezing for my wife and uh, I I don't know about you but it's kind of takes on a different I'm like babe it's like 62 no it's freezing it is freezing out there and then she's having the kids get on the big parkas and whatever else and I'm like what are we doing it's going to be 80 today what are we doing you know so but that's the way that it kind of has evolved for us down there that we come into any kind of cold weather and it's like I got to get I got to bring it Dave I got to bring a jacket man I'm going to freeze and he's like really and I'm yeah I'm cold you know I got to do the jacket thing that's what I'm thinking anyway and so um, I think my wife is on so hey babe and so hi Sophie and um, we live in an amazing time right that my wife can watch from South Florida and uh, and so it's exciting. Well, um, Dave and I were talking and, uh, last night, and, and so uh, they took me out to eat and had a fantastic uh, meal, and then they took me home. And as we're pulling in, um, I thought maybe they were doing a drug deal or something. I didn't know exactly what was happening because this guy pulls up, and he gets out of the car, and he hands this box through the window, and he's to order something, and you know, and the guy was in a hoodie, and he was like to order something, and his wife's like, "Yeah, we, we got it, we got it," and the hands him, you know, and there's some kind of exchange, and she's got this box, and and she's, she's like, "Oh, we're gonna show you the the Austin ways on Saturday night or something." I'm like, man, I'm not sure what's happening with this, and uh, and then we get inside, right, and it's this pink box, and she unfolds it, and then they feed me like I've never had crack, but <laughs> like crumble cookie could be right you know and so so she starts cutting it up and like I'm trying to sample and I'm trying to you know I'm have one and then I'm gonna have part of another and then and then Dave wants to talk spiritually and I'm like I I don't man okay let me I gotta crank it back up here like I'm about to go into coma over here and but then I go online and I'm like looking for crumble cookie and like South Florida, like, where are these things? I've got to find more of these. So I've had a fantastic time with, uh, with the Jamersons, and, um, and so I've known uh, Dave and April a long time, and, um, and I can tell you what, what I sense is that God is doing something very special here. And um, I don't know what it is about the heart of God, but he loves a Bethlehem, and I believe that is what he's doing uh, here and now. And, you know, um, Bethlehem could only be Bethlehem, and what happened in Bethlehem was only that way for, for a, a short period of time. And there was only, for that period of time, a few people that knew what was actually going on right there. And then all of a sudden, things exploded. And that's really the nature of change. You know, wouldn't it be nice if you could just work out once and be done? 
right? And at my age, I, that's what I'm really wishing for, right? Like, if I, can I just work out once? And I don't mean like once a day. I'm talking about once for like a year or two. You know, I, just, I did my workout this. And um, nowadays, if I work out, it justifies me eating worse than I would have. And um, so, but it happens slowly at first, right? Even in like workout situations, right? It's, they say that, right, you don't start to see results until like four to six weeks. And when people make these New Year's resolutions, right, they quit. What's the average time someone quits? Is about three weeks in. And right before you hit the turn, right, right before it goes parabolic, the change or whatever's happening, and it slowly at first, and of all times to be planting or have a small church, you have it in the midst of COVID and whatever, and, um, and so, but I'm excited about what God's doing here. I can tell you that of the people I know around the country and even around the world, that you have one of the most credible leaders that I have ever seen. And that has become, yeah, sure, absolutely. And in this day and age, right, that has become incredibly rare. And uh, Dave and April, um, God has taken this interesting gift mix, right, of uh, athlete and dancer and brought them together, but they built credibility over the years. That doesn't happen all at once. That happens over years and years and years. And so, uh, so Dave, thanks. Thanks for who you are and, and you being you. And, um, and this Bethlehem is going to be an influencer of influencers, I believe. And people are going to come in and, uh, and get a deposit from this place and go out and influence um, a very influential place, right? If people didn't hear about Austin 20 years ago, they're hearing about it now. Everybody has got, seems like Austin, uh, on their brain and what's happening around here. And so, so with that being said, I want to talk a little bit this morning about, uh, very simply about believing God and taking risk. And as Dave said, something happened in Tallahassee that um, was not necessarily unique uh, when we were in the middle of it, uh, we were just walking it out. But uh, we can look back now and you see the impact of some of those small decisions of someone simply believing God and taking a risk. And I was impacted because um, a gentleman from Austin took the opportunity to say, hey, there's open doors on campus. I'll come and speak to some guys on campus, see who can, you can get together in a living room. And I had left practice early, and I was crossing the parking lot, and a person I had did not know, I don't think I'd ever spoken to, and I don't believe he knew me, says, hey, are you Clay Shiver? Yep, I'm Clay Shiver. I've got to get to a test or whatever. And he said, well, your strength coach, a man by the name of Dave Van Hallinger, who impacted my life greatly, said that, um, there's a meeting tonight that you should be at, and I wanted to invite you. And all he did inviting me to that meeting was step out and take a risk. It would have been easier for him to not ask, for him to go, ah, oh, man, I don't, I don't know this guy. I don't, you know, this is, would this be awkward? Well, yeah, it was awkward. And, um, but in his inviting me, then I end up at a meeting because actually a different guy came and picked me up and said, I'm going to make sure you get here because you need to be here. 
So I wouldn't have been there if he hadn't stepped out and invited me. And I can remember wrestling in my mind, like, I'm going to go across town. I'm a college student. I'm going to go across town to a house meeting, and it just seems kind of weird or whatever. I don't know. The guy said, hey, are you going to this thing? And I'm like, who are you again? And he's like, I played with your brother. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember you. And he goes, I'm going to come pick you up. I'm going. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, yeah, sure, I'll go. And two people, believing God, taking risks, I was incredibly impacted that night and that weekend, and it took me on a path where I began to dream with God, right? And I believe it's time to dream again, right? That we can dream with God to simply, right, believe and take a risk. There's no reward without risk, right? You've got to take a risk if, you, if you're going to invest your money. Is it a risk? Absolutely. Even if you think it's a sure thing, it's, it's still a risk. But you have to take a risk if you're going to see any reward. And so no matter what we do, we won't see reward without risk. And so um, in Luke, you turn with me in your Bible, Luke chapter 14. Or sorry, John. John chapter 14. My phone was on Luke. Let me get says it this way it says get to the version I want it says do not let your hearts be troubled believe in God believe also in me let me just park it right there for a second you know there's a lot that we could be troubled about right and Jesus says hey don't let your heart be troubled now what he's about to tell them is going to trouble them greatly (laughs) what he's about to do and he, so he goes on, he says, My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now that verse is pretty famous for me. I know that one pretty well, John 14, 6. You know, but in the context of it, it's kind of interesting, right? He said, hey, don't be troubled, and uh, but I'm leaving. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah, I'm leaving. But you know where I'm going. You know the way. And you can, like, right, sometimes we just kind of skip over it. You can see Thomas going, looking at, hey, do you know the way? I don't know the way. Do you? Do you know the way? Lord, honestly, we don't know the way. Like, we don't know how to get there from where we're at here. How do we, you're like, you, and he goes, no, 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 you're missing the point, right? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And as you begin to step out in your life in whatever context with whatever God has given you, if you'll just take the measure that he has given you and begin to step out, we're promised that he will multiply it. Now, the mistake is starting to get into this place where we allow the troubling that's around us. Pastor David spoke to the, the circumstances and flying above the circumstances, whatever analogy you want to use, to get to a place where we're clouded and our focus, we take our focus off, right, him being the way the truth the life and we're putting it on the circumstances and then I don't know about you but what I start to do is I start to play the what if game 
And man, that's exactly where it seems like the whole world wants us to be, right? Well, what, what if there's another strain of this? What if COVID gets worse? What if uh, the market goes down? What if, uh, you know, uh, Russia invades Ukraine? What if, and what I've learned I have to do is I got to turn almost all of that off. Otherwise, that becomes my focus. The what if. Yeah, what if this happens to the kids? And what if something happens while he's doing this or this? Am I the only one that plays that? And there's always a what if. And I wonder if we could get on the other side of that, if we could ever get to a place where we start to experience a different what if. Like, what if God wants to do something amazing in our midst? What if God wants to do something with me that I never anticipated? He might want to do something that is more than I could ask, think, maybe imagine. Might be a Bible verse about that. Right? He wants to do something with you right? that maybe you haven't considered because we're too busy being troubled. So I want to talk a little bit and give you some some testimonies of what I've experienced as I've just simply stepped out. But to do that effectively, I'm going to tell you how it started. So I could remember the first time, and it's very, it's pretty vivid. Now, there may have been a time before this, but I don't remember a time before this. So this is the first time that I remember, and maybe because it was branded on me, that I remember stepping out. So I get, God begins to do this radical work with me in college, and I'm just trying to figure out how to believe God. And in the midst of that, I'm trying to muster up the boldness to take some risk. And I'm in my room. It, I think this was back in 1995, maybe early in 96. I don't remember exactly when. And um, it was later at night. And what sounded like a bomb went off right behind my dorm room at Florida State. And I was like, man, what is that? I thought it was like a transformer blew up or whatever. And I waited for a second, and I thought, yeah, I got I to find out what happened. So I go out, and I'm like, I, I don't think. that I walk around the corner, and I see right, this car had been coming one way, and a car had pulled out in front of it and hit it. And when that happens, you, it, like I walked up to the scene of the accident, and you can't make a sense of what's going on in the midst of that. Uh, the car had been picked up, the car that was hit had been picked up and flipped around and spun around and was heading the other way in the lane. And I'm like, man, that's, I don't know really what happened here. And there was a couple of guys that were driving the truck that were uh, out of the truck, but the, there was one of the people in the other car that was out and the girl was driving still in the, in the car. And so it, it happened right outside. So I'm one of the first people there. And so I climb in the car with the girl to see there's nobody there. I didn't know what to do. Felt helpless. Didn't, I, okay, I don't, like, what can I do? I'm not a paramedic. I'm not a, should I move her? No, I don't, okay. So all I knew to do was I'm going to pray, right? And so she, I remember, it's very vivid. She had a little trickle of blood in the side of her mouth, and I get in, and I pray for her, and I pray for her, and I, I think, man, God's going to do something here. I'm believing God. I'm trusting God, right? I'm young. I'm, you know, uh, I'm just trying to figure out how to believe God. And so 
few minutes later, uh, the police and the paramedics show up and, and um, ask the cop who was a former teammate of mine. When I was a freshman, he was a senior and had gone on to be a, a cop in Tallahassee. And I said, man, so what, what's happened? Like, no one's attending to her. What it? And he was like, oh, no, man, she's dead. And I was like, oh, man. I, I believe God. Nothing happened. And I just thought, man, I don't know. I mean, I thought this was what I was supposed to do, to believe God in this time, and it just didn't work out. Like, nothing happened. No, uh, you know, I'm expecting this moment to happen where God does something amazing, right? And nothing happened. But I didn't stop. And so I continued, and I would muster up whatever I had, and I would try to pray for maybe a teammate that was hurt or whatever, and a lot of times it was very sheepish. There wasn't much faith on it. There, it just wasn't much life. I didn't have a lot of confidence. And, but I started to try to say, man, I've got to figure out a way to grow in this. Okay. Now you can tell I'm working through this and it's, it was awkward. It was uncomfortable. It was all those things you might imagine. And so I can remember being in, and my wife and I were newly together and I was in a Walmart and my wife would see me get this look on my face. And there was a guy in a wheelchair and I, and I was like, you know, da, 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 da. and my wife would look at me like, yeah, go ahead and pray for him if you need to. And then she turned the buggy down the other aisle and just completely <laughs> left me. All right, yeah, go be the weird guy. I'm going to finish getting the groceries. And I was like, yeah, I think, I, and she was gone. And I was like, okay. So I go over to pray for the guy. And um, I said, hey, sir, how you? Now, this is the middle of Walmart. Hey, sir, you know, uh, what happened to you? And is, can I pray for you? You know, what happened to you? Whatever. And he was like, uh, and I was like, mm, I, sorry, you know, what happened to you? And he said something that sounded like I swallowed sawdust. Okay. And I took shop class when I was young and I was like, man, this happened because you swallowed sawdust? Like, oh my gosh, this is, I was like, you swallowed sawdust? And he, and now all of a sudden, He's kind of frustrated with me, so he's shouting in the middle of Walmart, no, I didn't swallow sawdust, you idiot. I got shot in the back. And now, whatever little bit of faith I had is gone now. Okay, oh, bless you, sir. And I, I just like, like, run away. Okay, it did not start well. The first time I was in a church and I was going to try to give a word of knowledge, I, I say, I'm going to step out in this and, you know, uh, I, man, I think God wants to heal somebody with that has kidney issues and it was like crickets and I was like man I ain't never doing that again you know and then everybody's kind of looking at me like okay thanks you know you know thanks for good good try or whatever I get off the stage you know and I'm walking in the back and I'm thinking boy that was just fell flat completely and so here I am I'm kind of embarrassed you know same thing and a lady comes up to me in the back and said did you say you know, somebody with kidney issues, I go, yeah, are you having some pain or something like that, you know, and she goes, well, I've had double kidney failure, and I, and that may have, well, do you think that was me, and I was like, I, I, I think that might have been you, <laughs> you know, and so again, but then I was kind of like frustrated, like, why, why did you, I get embarrassed on the stage, you could, it could have been really cool, you could have, like, the hand could have shot up, and I'm like, yeah, you know, no, no that didn't happen, and, um, and so, this is the way I've kind of began in this, right? And, but what I've realized along the way is the promise, as I've gotten to the other side of some of this, is that 
Give and it shall be given unto you. And listen, we apply that to finances, and that is definitely true. I bring in, um, I teach school as well, I teach economics, and I bring in um, a couple of guys that are, you know, CEO level type guys, and, and um, they'll say um, that the reason I'm here, and I just heard this again from the CFO of a major national food brand, the reason I'm where I'm at is because I tithed. Wow. And so in whatever context, if you just, let's say you've got a penny of whatever it is, just give your, if you've got a penny of faith, if you've got a penny to serve, if you've got a penny of encouragement, I know sometimes you feel like you got zero, but whatever you got, if you give it, guess what will happen? It will be given unto you. Just give your penny. Do you know what happens to a penny if it's doubled every day? You take a penny, and the mistake would be, and praise God, somebody encouraged me along the way to just keep praying, keep doing this. It, it'll happen. I mean, it's not happening. I'm not seeing everything. It's awkward. It's stupid. Just keep moving forward in this. Keep moving forward in God. And if a penny doubles, you know, every day for 30 days, you start with a penny. And then what happens with change? Very slowly at first. And then it goes parabolic. One becomes two cent, four cent, eight cent, 16 cent. You know the routine. At the end of 30 days, you get over $10 million. Yeah, right. It doesn't sound right, right? Now I'll let you write it out, right? You can figure it out. You can start doing the double on your calculator. If it doubles every day, that's what happens. And if you'll just take what you have right, and go, you know what? Tithe? I need to tithe. I believe... I'm able to, to function in a lot of the ways I'm able to function because when I was retired from the NFL, God said, hey, we need somebody to help paint the church. Okay, I'll do it. And so he's got a former NFL guy like rolling out the church. Hey, we need somebody to help in children's church. Okay, I'll do that. Hey, can you help do this? Can you go take care of it? Yeah, I'll do that. And I just begin to give whatever I had, right? It might be cool to preach or it might be cool to just give whatever you had, right? Take that opportunity. And where opportunity meets, meets faith, there's where you get a chance that you can believe God and take a risk. And what an amazing chance we get to see if God is really true. And so he says, I'm the way, the truth in my life, in the life. And in uh, Psalm 119.5, it says, I'm a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. You may not know where it ends, but if you'll just take the next step, a lamp unto your feet, whatever that is, whatever's in front of you, you're God's workmanship created to do good works. What good works? The ones that were set out in advance. See, if we can get on the other side of all the things that might trouble us, that the enemy's throwing at us, right? What if that you're the answer. Answer for the world? No, Jesus is the answer for the world. But what if you're the answer for that person that you're around? In the store, a coworker. What if, what if they need encouragement? What if they need somebody, right, to speak truth to them? What if they need somebody to be a blessing to them? What if they need $100? What if, right? 
of all the 7.3 billion people on the planet, you happen to be working next to this person, standing next to this person, sitting in school next to this person. And we're so consumed like, oh man, you know, and I get it, the bills keep coming. But if we can get out of that for a second and go, God, what are you doing? Yes, what are you doing in the earth? That's great, okay. Are you going to have this big prophetic word? No, what are you doing right now? What are you doing with me right this second? What are you doing with me when I leave this place? And that's all it takes. Maybe he doesn't become a light to your path until he becomes a lamp to your feet. See, he's the light of the world. But we forget sometimes that he goes, you're the light of the world. Well, which is it? Exactly. Right? Thomas like, well, we don't know. And it's like, look, just grab hold of him. Years ago, I'm flying back. I think it was from that very Notre Dame game that we talked about. And uh, anybody remember flying before 9-11? Certain before COVID, but anybody remember flying? From, I could make it from my house in Dallas. I could drive to the airport and get on the plane in 15 minutes. Right? Like, people would be like, there's no way they're going to shoot you if you try to do that. Right? <laughs> it would be crazy. And so... Um, so coming back from one of the games, I don't remember exactly what game, I might want to romanticize it and think it was that Notre Dame game, right? And we had lost that one. And, but coming back, I remember going up, use the bathroom and then, uh, coming back and I peeked in the cockpit and I saw the guys are back there and they're, you know, um, or in there and it looked like they didn't, they just weren't doing much. I mean, it looked like they weren't doing anything. I don't know if any of you are pilots, but you know, I, I understand you're, you're paid paid to land the plane, not, not fly the thing, right? And, and I've learned that from some of my friends who are. But at the time, you know, I'm young, you know, I mean, you have to understand, like, we hadn't been on very many flights, okay? At that, like, these college guys flying to Notre Dame, like, how many flights have you been on at 18, 19, 20 years old? Not very many, okay? And so I'm looking in there, I'm like, hey, guys, I'm like, wow, what do you, I mean, like, is anybody flying the thing? Like, it just seems like nobody's doing anything in here, and and, and then, so I start talking to him, you know, like, hey, is it like a car? Is there like some play in the wheel where you can kind of, or when you turn it, does it really turn? And they were like, then when the guy was like, you want to fly it? <laughs> and I thought he was messing with me. I was like, yeah, all right, guys. I was just, you know, I'll walk away. And he goes, and then I was like, wait, are you serious? He's like, yeah, you want to steer it? And I was like, heck yeah. Like, yeah. When am I going to get this shot, right? So he's like, okay, this thing right here, you can turn it, it'll, it'll turn the plane. And I was like, okay. So I turned it a little bit, and he, and he you can go ahead and turn it. And so then I was like, okay, I'm going to crank this thing, you know. And then the plane goes, and all my teammates in the back are like, oh! And they're yelling, like, we're, you know, because when you're young, you're on a flight, you think anything like that, you're crashing immediately, right? And so... So then I was like, oh, man. I was like, oh, that was crazy. And then the pilots are like, I was like, can I do it back? And now they're getting excited. They're like, yeah, yeah, do it again, do it again. The other way. And, um, and so they might not want to do it, but they're like, oh, we'll let this guy do it. So then I crank it back the other way, and same thing. Guys in the back are like, ah! They, now they definitely think we're going down, right? And so, so I've cranked it this way. We've flown over here. We've flown back over there. And so then I was like, oh, man, that was cool. All right, thanks. And then I noticed, like, they didn't. They didn't have to steer it. They didn't have to touch it. And those little numbers that I was turning started to, started to course correct. And look, if you, I truly believe this. If you just grab hold of Jesus, right, 
It's like a tractor beam or it's like autopilot. He's going to get you there, right? He is your destiny. The amazing thing is, right, we think, well, one day I'll be in heaven. But the way Ephesians puts it is the heavens are in him, right? What a, we forget sometimes what a big God we serve, that all of heaven is in him, that Jesus is that the heavenly, right? We're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, right? The heavens are in him. And it's like, man, I can't even wrap my brain. My brain is too small to wrap around that. I don't get it. I thought God was like, heaven is huge, and God's just like sitting up there in heaven. And it's like, no, heaven is in him, and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, he's bigger, right? You think about how big the universe is, he's bigger, yet he still loves us, right? And if we could just take him at face value, oh, man, I'm going to grab hold of you, right? He's the truth, right? When it says he is love, he is completely that thing. There's no shadow in him, that's it, he's light, he's love, Right? If he says something is something, it is that thing. If he says this blazer is, is, or this shirt is blue, then it's like, well, he wouldn't say that because that's not in his character. No, if he says that, then guess what happens to the shirt? It becomes blue because he said it. And so the things that may have been spoken over your life, the things that you have once dreamed about or thought I remember pushing the broom on a floor at two bucks an hour it's illegal to pay somebody that now and in this parts department of this warehouse and I began to dream with God like God what if you would do something great with me and I can tell you from where I'm at now the lie of the enemy comes in to say you're too old now when I got out of the NFL and started in campus ministry it's like you're too young. You're barely, like, what are you going? You're too inexperienced. You're too this. You're too that. Now, apparently, I'm too old. When is it the right age to believe God and trust God? Right? If you got runway left, if you got life left, man, why not? What have you got to lose? Right? I'm coming, like, to a place where I'm like, like man, I want to do something so significant and I, I don't want to do it in my own strength. I don't want to do it alone. I want to partner with men like this who are credible, gifted men that I can lock arms with. And like, he goes, I want to change cities. I want to change the world. And I go, that's what interests me. If I'm going to give the rest of my life, I want to give it to something that's going to impact the world. And I believe that's what Jesus Christ gave his blood for. That he wants to impact the world through your life. Does it mean that you would be on a stage or have a title? Or No, if we put all that aside and you just pay attention to what he might be doing in your home or with someone who's visiting or with your coworker, I, again, I believe you'll see amazing things. He's the way, the truth, the life. The life. 1 John 1, I believe it's 2, says it this way. It says, John says, we have seen the life. And I just kind of glossed over that, I think, for years as I was reading the Bible. But he doesn't say, hey, we saw Jesus. We walk with Jesus. He says, we have seen the life. This is the life that was intended. Incredibly supernatural. Not about just the crowds, but about the one. Would stop for the one. Would minister to the one. This was the life we saw. We witnessed it. In 1 John 2, 6, it says, anyone who claims to be in Christ must walk as he did. And we have cooked that down in the church. God help us to be a nice person, right? And that's very different than being kind. 
Kindness takes action. Even if you're going to open the door for someone, that's an act of kindness, but it takes action. Being nice, I could be nice. Hey, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to, you know. And if we can get out of that bad religious garbage mindset to say, man, I'm here to impact the world. Yeah, but I don't have it all together. No, congratulations. No one does. I got three teenagers, right? If I wasn't gray before I had them, which we gray early in my family, I, I would definitely be gray now. Just trying to feed them, I think. We have such an opportunity. So on these, some of these mission trips that Dave um, spoke of, right, it was pretty amazing because we've seen some really interesting things. In one case, um, we saw uh, one of the team was praying for a girl with scoliosis. God laid her out. I'm going to make this kind of quick. And God begins to work in her body and completely straighten her back out. She was, had digestive issues. She was all crimped over. It was an amazing transformation. And God didn't stop there. The next year when we went back, that same team member was down front to pray for someone. And out of the crowd comes not only this girl that had been transformed, but the entire family who had become believers because of God's transformational work in her body. And she had with her gymnastics medals that she had won. God had so fast forward her life from the state of being deformed to now winning a gymnastics medal and impacting her whole family. We saw a young lady who had not had the sense of smell since birth. And she comes down and, and gets prayer. And God restores her sense of smell. And so we're on the flight out. And the team member who was with me that prayed for her was like, hey, do you think that happened? I said, man, I'm telling you, it happened. It happened. I don't know, man. I, you know, that seems kind of odd. Maybe she just had a cold or her sinuses were clogged. And here comes this lady. Right, we're headed back to Miami. We're down in Bogota. And the lady goes, hey, were you the guys that were, you, got, you the guys were praying, I just want to thank you or whatever. And you prayed for my niece who was with the sense of smell. And he was like, Really? So does she, did she not have smell? God wouldn't let him, let him miss the fact that it really happened. And she goes, oh, yeah, from birth. I witnessed it. She had no smell from birth. And when I left the house to come to the airport, she was smelling everything in the fridge. It's like, that's crazy, right? That's the God we serve. If you'll just step out and believe God, it's like, what if it doesn't happen? You got a penny, just let him multiply it and begin to step out, right? Austin's getting to be a big place. But what if, right, this number of people went out and started to be who God's called them to be in the city of Austin? Can you imagine the impact it would start to have? Let God be true and all men are liars. Anybody in here remember Paul Harvey? So, Paul Harvey had a, for you young people, Paul Harvey had a radio program, and I remember working in that same parts shop, and the guy would have it on radio, and, and he had this thing, he would tell a story, and then he would tell the rest of the story, right? So, this is the rest of the story. 
So I play five years in the NFL. I leave. Leave Tallahassee, and I go play. And I uh, wasn't a very good pro. Um, and, uh, and then from that time, I, I come back, and I go back to Tallahassee. My wife was, still had a little bit of her degree left to finish. And, and in the midst of that, um, I'm doing campus work and just stepping into whatever I knew to believe God. And, and um, a crazy thing happened. A guy said, hey, this worship leader from this other church wants to take you out to lunch. And I kind of was like, uh, uh, you know, okay. You know, I was pretty heavy. I didn't need another lunch. Um, but I said, I, I agreed to it. Okay, is he a, you know, Dallas fan? Is he a Florida State fan? Like, you know. Um, but I agreed to it, and he, he said, I'm not sure. He just was really passionate about wants to take you out to lunch. I said, okay. And so I go out to lunch with the guy and we're sitting there we order and you know kind of being friendly and I'm kind of wondering why am I here am I, hey, do you want me to sign stuff or whatever and he goes man I just wanted to take you out and he goes the only thing I can tell you is you're the reason that I'm in ministry today and I said really and he said yeah absolutely he said about 10 years ago I was driving a truck down the street and I hit this girl and it was a really bad accident and you came over in the middle of that, and I was really shaken, and you prayed for me, and you laid hands on me, and you believed God with me for that moment. And he said, it changed the course of my life. And I'm going to tell you, I spent how many years thinking, I believe God and nothing happened. See, I believe that I've come to a place that I believe that that's impossible that if you'll believe God and step out right he will honor your faith and you may not make a big splash it may not happen exactly the way you think it will right you may not win the Super Bowl right but one thing's for certain in our pre-service prayer right Nello started talking about victory started praying about victory Somebody's going to win today. But no matter who wins, who loses, whatever, they're in the game. Right? Thousands of people are fans of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you today, right, I'm going to call you into the game. It's not about the huddle. We got churches bragging about their huddle. We have a great huddle. We have a great huddle. Nobody goes to the Super Bowl to watch the huddle. They want to watch the hundred guys play the game. I believe all of creation waits for the sons of God to be revealed. And I believe that's what God wants to do in you. And if you'll take him at face value, that hey, God, I'm going to start believing your word. And I'm going to step out with whatever measure I have. With the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He'll start to multiply it out. And you'll start to see amazing things happen in your life. And as somebody wins, right? The promise from Jesus is he's going to take justice to victory. Justice to victory. Dave and I were yesterday happened to be watching. As I land this plane, he, we were watching this guy hit this shot, this hole-in-one, and everybody just went bananas for a hole-in-one. And do you know you can look it up on YouTube or you can, it doesn't matter if it's World Cup, if it's baseball, basketball, football, whatever. You do not have to coach everybody in the crowd to say hey when they score a touchdown everyone 
raise your hands and freak out. They do it naturally. Why? Because that's the symbol of victory. But you know what? My brother was deployed twice over in the Middle East. Surrender is the same symbol. And in God's economy, it's the exact same thing. And whatever fears you have about, it's, is it going to be awkward? Is it going to be? Yeah, there'll be some of that. But if you'll just to surrender to him, I'm going to tell you, for some of you, for the very first time, you may start experiencing spiritual victory as you surrender to him. Whatever your problems are, whatever your issues are, right? With whatever measure he gave to you, you surrender to him and say, I'm going to begin to step out. Maybe for the first time in my life, maybe for the first time of being a Christian, and I'm going to start doing something with the blood that Jesus shed on the cross for me. And God will honor his word. And that's what I want to pray for you today that God will supernaturally get you in the game. We've seen so many amazing things. I, I can't even count how much stuff I've seen. Manny and I have been together for a lot of it. And it just continues to happen. One of my players' dads, they sent him home to die. He had blood clots in his lungs. I didn't know. I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Am I praying for healing? Whatever. I went in there and gave a testimony of a girl getting set free of the spirit of death. I didn't know they sent him home to die. Blood clots. He goes back to the doctor, and the doctor's like, hey, you, you, I'll be honest with you, you weren't, you're a miracle. You weren't supposed to make it back to this meeting. He said, I'm going to send you to the pulmonologist right now. Sends you to the pulmonologist. The pulmonologist goes, dude, he said, not only is it like clear, it's, it's like as if you've never had blood clots before. Right? Well, what did you do? I, I just took what I little bit I had and go, man, can I pray for you? I promise you. I don't have to promise you. He promised you. He promises us. He promises you. He'll do it. Let me pray for you to write this minute. So, Father, I thank you for every man, woman, and child in this place. God, I thank you for even a fresh deposit of faith. God, Romans speaks to us about the obedience of faith. And I thank you that we're not bound to the law, but in following you, everything is fulfilled. And then we begin to step out in faith to trust you. So God, I thank you for supernatural trust. I bind fear, infirmity, affliction, and I thank you for your spirit poured out. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and minister to us fresh and anew that you would pour out your boldness upon the surrendered lives here today and I thank you for your victory you don't have to fight the game it's already won in you God we don't have to fight we just have to trust you and to surrender what you've already done thank you Jesus we bless you today Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, 
we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you were able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.